Welcome to the Weekly Beat by Mansa with your hosts Arnold Segawa, Maggie Mutesi, and Dumi Jere, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's episode of The Weekly Beat. My name is Dumi Jere, and I'm coming to you from Johannesburg in South Africa. As always, the ever so gracious, my beautiful sister, Maggie Mutesi, is um, my co-host today. Maggie, how are you doing? I am doing okay. I've seen uh, South Africa is back to level three with COVID-19. It seems like we're not getting out of this cycle anytime soon, are we? Um, It's funny because I was actually having a discussion with someone and we were saying that um, until we are fully vaccinated, this is going to be the normal. We open the economy. We lock, we repeat. Open, lock, repeat. It doesn't look like the vaccines are coming soon. No, not anytime soon. So I guess until then, uh, we just got to continue encouraging everybody to I know. mask up, sanitize, social distance, mm, the works. Social distancing. I think people are also getting tired of this, but you know, there's no way about it. Um, I've seen Uganda has gone back into lockdown. Kenya has actually locked down some counties yesterday. Proper lockdowns, like the ones we saw at the beginning. Uh, then we have South Africa here. I saw a graph yesterday from South Africa about how the third wave actually is worse than the other two waves. This True. just left me on gas, if that's what it is. But mm, something's mm, going to mm. be done about this this situation. It's literally the same across uh, Southern Africa. Yeah, yeah. If, even in Zimbabwe, uh, even in Zambia. And speaking of Zambia, that's our topic today. This past week, we received sad news that uh, His Excellency Kenneth Kaunda, Zambia's founding president and liberation hero, mm-hmm. uh, passed away age 97 in Lusaka at a military hospital yeah. where he was being treated for pneumonia. Um, now, obviously, when um, icons like um, President Kaunda are, you always leave you know, a legacy that is debated by people. Some will look at you in good light, some will look at you in bad light. Um, and so obviously, it will always be up for a lot of debate. First of all, it's a very sad story. It's a saddening news for the continent. Uh, he's one of the independence revolutionaries that the only one had remained, so it hits hard. Uh, but there are so many things to remember about guys like Kenneth Kaunda, guys like uh, Patrice Lumumba, the likes mm-hmm. of Julius Nyerere. I mean, these are guys that got Africa to realize that it needed its own independence. If you read about Kenneth Kaunda, they say he got Zambia independence without any bloodshed. He was a peaceful man mm-hmm. who, just like many others, you know, wanted the best for his country. Of course, there are lots of things to debate. This we have debated even uh, when presidents have uh, shifted a lot economically. I think one of the things for me that he'll be remembered for is away from just getting Zambia independence was also helping Africa realize that it could get different partners away from just the West. And we've seen that she was the first African country to welcome the Chinese into their economy, like different partners away from the colonialists. And I think it's another realization that countries are getting to realize now. But before we get into that, he will be missed. Yeah, I mean, obviously it is is very sad. Um, He was the last of, um, call them the stalwarts, uh, Julius mm. Nyerere, Samura Michelle, 
and all of those um, prominent um, frontline states leaders. And so yeah. he would definitely be remembered, obviously, for yeah. liberating. And um, there are some yeah. reports that say that the country sort of subsided or did not develop economically uh, because he uh, focused more on liberating Namibia, Zimbabwe, South Africa, mm. Mozambique, and all, and all the other mm. countries that were around him. So mm. that's where I was saying earlier on that, uh, you know, sometimes obviously a legacy will be debated. But um, I want to touch on something that you said. Uh, you mentioned um, the Chinese element. Yeah, um, him opening up to the investments. And, mm. you know, um, Zambia now, it finds itself in a, a very tricky situation uh, where it owes mm. over three billion to Chinese entities. Um, in a total mm-hmm. of what about 12 billion US um, external debts and mm. wow Chinese presence is visible all over Africa nowhere as much as in Zambia China has invested the most in that particular country will Zambia be mm-hmm. able to pay back all of these debts um, not to take away from some of the things that the Chinese have done I mean obviously there's always a question of human rights and so forth but They've invested heavily in the mining, in the uh, industrial uh, sectors, and the agricultural sectors. On the one hand, it almost feels like the Chinese presence is a form of neocolonialism. But on the one hand, you're like, okay, but perhaps there are investments coming. But uh, what we can't deny, though, is the fact that Zambia as an institution finds uh, itself in a tricky position now where it owes a lot of money to the Chinese. And so it's looking at any and every angle to try and boost its economy. Yes, and one yes. such thing that it has done is uh, the Kazungula Bridge. I was reading about it and seeing uh, the potential it has to connect the Southern African countries in terms of trade. Mm. But I don't know much, to be honest. I know that um, it's linking Botswana and Zambia over the Zambezi rivers. It's uh, about 259 million US dollars. I know for sure that there's a lot of uh, connectivity in the southern part of Africa and eastern Africa. I don't know, I think much more than the ECOS in terms of infrastructure. Because I know you can connect from South Africa to Mozambique. There's a lot that has gone in terms of infrastructure that has also uplifted trade in the SADC. But from what I've raised, they say that uh, the facility will help traders from both countries move significantly and, of course, cut down on the time spent by traders and fighters. And you know what's funny to me? Much as we are talking about this bridge, I think it's become more visible over the years that infrastructure is one of the key factors to growth across the continent. Mm-hmm. We have seen bridges like this in the Gambia Bridge. Yes, yes, between Senegal and Gambia, yeah? Yes, and the amount of trade it has transformed between the two countries but also regionally has been really massive much as though I don't have the numbers because mm. you can imagine if you have to pay $500 to fly to a country that is just 30 minutes away I'll all take a ferry that takes a couple of hours that might not be as safe to get to a country that should be actually 30 minutes away if there is a road then it comes back to the economics why not connect both countries with proper infrastructure or a bridge or road that connects them so I think there is a chance uh, it seems like a very massive project. 
for both countries. Um, it seems like it would dramatically reduce the time of moving goods between the countries. And it might be a game changer for trade, not just for brothers Zambia and Botswana, but you know, for countries within that region. I think Angola, Namibia, Zambia, Zimbabwe, and Botswana. So it's, it's just not two countries, but it's an entire region that could be transformed uh, with just that an investment. And we are talking mm-hmm. about AFCFTA, which we say yep. is supposed to open up markets. But how do you open up markets if there is no infrastructure to support you know, the traders, because if you say, okay, we have opened up, I mean, it's limiting, especially the African traders also considering this is a continent relying massively on informal trade. I mean, on agriculture, you have to move the goods uh, to markets. You have to have proper infrastructure to be able to trade with each other. So I think there is progress. Yeah. Back in the day, the only smoothest way to get goods yes. Uh, and services as well as people as well from South Africa into the rest of the uh, SADC region was through Bitebridge. And that mm-hmm. saw Bitebridge being overwhelmed and congested and trucks mm-hmm. delaying days upon days of delays, uh, which end up costing the respective companies or the countries that are moving goods between the respective countries. So the introduction now of uh, Kazungula Bridge will likely relieve some pressure of Bitebridge and um, over and above all of this being good for investment and trade and good for regional integration efforts, uh, as well as what mm-hmm. you're mentioning, the AFCTA. I think mm-hmm. also for tourism, uh, we're talking about, you know, the confluence of in both Zimbabwe and Zambia. Uh, we're talking mm-hmm. about Chobe, that's in uh, Botswana, mm-hmm. the Zambia's famous national parks. So the potential now to then boost that type of eco-tourist offer is huge. Mm. It's very big and it will definitely benefit from a directed demand to nature and conservation uh, destinations. So it's a good thing and uh, no doubt it's going to boost the economies of Zambia uh, as well as Botswana and by extension the rest of the region. What is quite exciting um, is to see how... uh, leaders in Africa are coming to realization that um, infrastructure plays a key role in, you know, in connecting these countries. Because I know when we read a lot of times they'll say, oh, there is no political will. And this is what we've seen in countries like Central Africa, where you have to go through other ways, like connecting is usually hard. So it's a good thing to see that these steps taken, especially in some regional blocks and Something like this should be a reminder to even other you know, regions of what could be achieved if just a little bit was put into uh, infrastructure development. Um, I agree. And I think in um, in just rounding it up, yes, leaders now mm-hmm. uh, have to work together. When you look at this bridge, mm-hmm. it was a project for Zimbabwe, Botswana and Zambia. Mm-hmm. But when you look at, call it the launch of the bridge, Pretty much Botswana and and, and Zambia were at the forefront. Uh, And this is because uh, Zimbabwe pulled out of the project under former President Robert Mugabe, who felt that it was going to reduce traffic through the country's lucrative Bitebridge border post with South Africa. But he saw the need to still be involved, which is a good thing. It doesn't make sense for one economy only to be the only one that is uh, thriving while the, the others are not. So if there are opportunities for all economies to work together to thrive, 
that would be great and that's something that uh, president kaunda yeah. will be known for um uniting oh, yes. the regions so that they can all <laughs> have independence I think that's where we're going to leave it uh, for today. Thank you so much Maggie. I really appreciate and the team behind the scenes as well as uh, of course you the loyal listeners. Please remember to visit our website mansamedia.africa for more news and also in case you missed anything during the week as well as follow our social media pages Mansa Media Africa on Facebook and mansa_media on Twitter. Please follow our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Amazon Music so that you are notified whenever a new episode goes live. I am Jimmy Jerry and till the next time, here's to peace and profits. The Weekly Beat by Mansa with your hosts Arnold Segawa, Maggie Mutesi and Dumi Jerry giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa. Mansa.